Hello, and welcome to the Modern Dog Trainer podcast, hosted by myself, Ines McNeil, founder of themoderndogtrainer.net, where you'll find articles, downloads, courses, and coaching on the best practices for modern pet businesses. Be sure to add this podcast to your favorite listening list on Spotify or iTunes, and join our free discussion group on Facebook called Business Support by the Modern Dog Trainer. Um, welcome everybody uh, to the Modern Dog Trainer podcast. Uh, today I'm really, really excited to talk to some of my favorite people in the dog industry, um, and that is Gio and Taylor of Smart Bitch Modern Dog Training. Um, I will let them introduce themselves because they'll probably do it a lot better than I can. So uh, let's start with Taylor. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi guys, my name is Taylor Barconi. I am a certified professional dog trainer and a fear-free animal trainer. Um, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Nice to meet you guys. Um, a little bit about me. I have two dogs, two paddle down terriers named Suri and Sashi. They are my children. I love them so much. Um, other than that, that is me. I love to train dogs, clearly. <laughs> Hi, guys. I am Gio, other half of Smart Bitch. Um, I also have two dogs, Beetlejuice and Powerline. If you guys are following us on our social media, then you are seeing plenty of all of our dogs because we share them all the time. Um, also, you know, just, just slightly obsessed with dog training. Only made it my entire <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, also Fear Free Certified, uh, CPDCKA, also striving for more, more certification. So hopefully, um, you know, in any future features or podcasts we'll just have an entire sentence to list off of all of our achievements because that yes. is uh, the big goal right um but yeah guys uh thanks for having us thanks for tuning in and listening to us um talk which is our favorite thing to do is yes. hear ourselves talk to us. yes <laughs> yes i'm really really excited you guys have done a really amazing job with your marketing with your online work and um just your business in general and you've really taken off so i'm excited to share um or have you guys share some of your uh you know key strategies or, or tips uh, for those up-and-coming trainers that would like to grow as well. Um, so first of all, what really stands out about you is your really incredible marketing and branding strategy. Um, it's really out there, I think, <laughs> for the dog industry. <laughs> and um, I want to uh, talk about that with you guys today. So how did you come up with your branding strategy and go you know, that route? <laughs> Well, first, I want to say you're making us blush because <laughs> we, oh. we, uh, we're very um, self-taught. Everything is self-taught. We did a lot of research through YouTube, um, reading, trying to figure out how to do X, Y, and Z. And I think it, what really helps for number one is that we are millennials and we grew up in this technology age. So we just took what we learned as really young teenagers perfected it when we were baby trainers and it took it to our business and just evolved it and we just feel so proud of ourselves but it really first starts with the name of your business i think um if we had to like do like an umbrella of how our marketing strategy worked at first it started with our name which is smart bitch and i think Gio, <laughs> <laughs> Gio. yeah um yeah i can take over that a little bit yeah. more uh, just talking about I think really defining our brand, I think that's really important. Before you start pushing an image, you need to know what image you're trying to push. Um, and it doesn't really need to be extravagant. Um, 
ours is over the top, obviously, uh, but it really <laughs> does. It really does uh, resonate with who we are um, at the time. Um, you know, we were really feeling these like go-getter, almost angry vibes because we were starting, you know, we we're breaking off and we want to start our own thing. And I just kind of had this like whole like rebel feeling going on. Like I want to start a four-speed training program and I wanted to punch you in the face, but be nice at the same time. And, um, and Taylor and I are definitely, um, you know, huge feminists. I think that's pretty obvious as well. Um, so, you know, what's more feminist than reclaiming a word? <laughs> bitch. <laughs> so smart bitch was born. And then from there, we really just talked out, you know, it's as simple as like, what's your favorite color? You know, what's the aesthetic that you vibe with? What is the, um, <laughs> that sounds so so hipster vibes, <laughs> vibes you know but no seriously you you kind of really need to you don't really have to dig that deep honestly sometimes you can just look around in your own house and like oh it looks like I like the color purple maybe I should use the color purple for my business but also it, it's beyond that it's it's also understanding like what color purple um and and so like when you have a general idea in your mind then it's time for you to really dig deep and okay so is my purple like, you know, like a sunset purple or is my pur purple really deep? And then what does that mean to a computer? Um, we actually quite literally in Google, you know, Google different pinks. So our colors are black, pink, white. And then we've also like added some accent colors, but mostly it's black and pink. But which pink? Like, are we baby doll pink or are we our pink? And so we know the hex codes, the RBG codes. These are things that like, if you're, um, a listener who's never done this before, your head is probably spinning. I promise you it's not scary. Just Google it. Just, you know, and it's also as simple as finding a pink you like, snapping a photo of it, uploading it to Google, and then Google will tell you what color that is. Um, so I think that's really part of it is defining what's your aesthetic, what's your name, and then just kind of trickle down from there. Taylor, you got another point? <clears throat> yeah, and it's kind of, it, it kind of just goes once you have this path, the path doesn't stop and your branding just keeps on evolving. So you have your colors. Okay, what do you want to do with those colors? Do you want to use social media? Yes, you want to use social media. So one second. <laughs> I'll take over with that. Yeah, so really figuring out um, with the colors, what do you want to do with it? And then if, what is your aesthetic? For us, again, really channeling that like inner I've always been somewhat of a rebel my entire life. I mean, I have a hot pink mohawk, so I feel like this, this is kind of obvious. Um, but, <laughs> we, you know, we really wanted that to translate over. So Taylor and I really, we like this whole force-free, in-your-face. This is what we do. Um, and you don't necessarily have to set up your brand based off anyone else or based off what other people are doing. It really should be an internal journey. But for us, we also recognize that we were surrounded by um, not like-minded trainers and we wanted to stand out, you know, because of many of these other trainers would coin themselves as more professional. And we know that trainers like ourselves get tends to be swept under the rug. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to have a brand that you can't ignore. And, and it worked out. It really did. Honestly, guys, it was luck of the draw. <laughs> there is a strategy, but also there's a little bit of like, Ooh, hope this works. Right. <laughs> Wait, I'm oh, sorry, I, I missed a really important thing. You talk about how we got our name, mm -hmm. how we had to fight for it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, um, a, a word to the wise um, for anyone out there who, who is bold enough to use um, 
obscenities. I don't really think the word bitch is an obscenity, to be honest, but, you know, such a, we all know how 2020 has been going, so we won't go down that rabbit hole on, on sensitivity issues. But um, just know that it is okay to branch out and to be as professional as, as you want to appear, I guess, if that makes sense. Professionalism is how you define it, not how someone else defines it. Um, however, just know that if you do choose to use stronger words with stronger connotations, you may need to fight your state for it, which we did. Um, Louisiana didn't like that. So we had to call them and, and bully them into submission. Yes. <laughs> which we don't do in dog training. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. Were you at all concerned about, you know, uh, attracting clients with that kind of branding and name and how did that come about? So, um, we, we were, we were a little concerned, but not really. Our families were not pleased with the name at first. Um, we didn't care. <laughs> we, we knew they were going to, they were going to love it eventually, but honestly, we, we really wanted to stick with it because we wanted to sift out, um, customers that wouldn't be ideal for us. Mm. So we learned this from you actually, uh, Inez. we really want to make sure that we attracted the ideal customer. So having bitch in our name, if you, and this sounds going to make so harsh. If you can't handle that, you may not be the ideal client for us. <laughs> Point blank, period. Uh, as you'll say, we're feminists. We are very open. Um, we, if you go on our um, our Instagram, you know what we believe in. So if you can't handle that, then I don't know what to tell you. You're probably not the ideal client for us. You may have to find someone else to work with you. So mm. we were not afraid. We actually, probably the best decision we made was putting bitch in that name because we have, we attract such awesome clients right. and such a joy to work with. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I do like to say it's, it is a, um, it's almost a bit of a defense mechanism, if that's the right word. Mm -hmm. um, because on the flip side, Taylor and I are very young. We're very young to the industry. And um, sometimes it's really hard for people to look at us and, and just instantly feel like, oh, yeah, they know what they're talking about. We know that we know what we're talking about, but also we're going to deliver this message and maybe um, not in your dialect. I don't know if that makes sense. But right. so it is, it's really important for us to, to sift them out. And, and um, we're also very forward branding wise on who we are and what we look like. It's very clear that we are people of color. So if you can't handle the word bitch and then you look us up and you also can't handle the rest of the package, then yeah, by all means, keep looking. You're the one missing out. Um, but yeah, so it's, that, that's really, no. yes and no though. Like to say that we were we ever afraid, like hell yeah, we were crazy. What? It was, when we were sifting out our name, we were like, oh my God. Like there was a few people we refused to tell because their opinion mattered so much to us that we were like, no, we just, we're going to go with it. We're not going to let you talk us out of it. Um, but it, like I said, it ended up working out, you know, we just <laughs> said a little prayer <laughs> and it worked out. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Um, how do you find the confidence to be so authentic online and, and who you are like within your business? It's hard pretending. <laughs> it's like, like yeah it's so, it's so hard pretending um if we weren't ourselves and i feel like um our marketing wouldn't be as efficient as it is um i do a lot of our marketing on instagram and i find that i'm an overthinker i'm very anxious and from the get-go i felt like it was a lot of it is a lot of responsibility putting information out there particularly dog training information because you as a trainer, as somebody who's doing marketing, you can never 
you can't always give the full picture. You try to, yeah. for example, um, this is really, really um, tangent, but like resource guarding. Oh, let's try enrichment toys. But you also got to talk about resource guarding and all things like that. And you have to think about all these things. That being said, um, adding pretending to that is, is too much. So being yourself is always going to be the safest thing and the easiest thing you can do. So if you want to, I don't know, have stories of you being silly with your dog sometimes. Go ahead and have stories of you being silly with your dog. If you have certain slang that you like to use, for example, we're from New Orleans, we're pretty hip. So if I want to use New Orleans dialect of New Orleans slang in the story, I'm going to use it and not be afraid to use it. I'm also going to talk the way I want to talk. I'm going to joke around and still be professional. But it's just, it's much easier and simpler to me to be yourself versus pretend to be someone else. Doesn't mean you don't have to be professional, but the line between being professional and being yourself, I feel like it could be the same thing. It doesn't have to be different, if it makes any yeah. sense. Are you making fun of me? Um, no, I'm saying we're erasing the line. Okay. Uh, for the listeners, for, obviously this is a podcast, but I'm also extremely animated on video because we're doing this um, via Zoom call. Um, I think the other thing is definitely, this is definitely a shout out to our parents. <laughs> Christmas is coming up, guys. <laughs> um, but no, no, seriously, I think there is an aspect of nurture involved. As all of us who are dog nerds know, um, a, a good up- upbringing has something to do with it. Taylor and I have great parents, and um, they've always encouraged us to be our weirdest selves. Mm-hmm. Um, I could not try to be not weird. Honestly, I don't even know what that would look like. And um, my parents definitely indulged that my entire life. So that really translated over and it is what it is. And and still, even then, you know, they were like, we don't really know about the smart bitch thing, guys. But I was like, well, this is who you raised. So (laughs) you're just, you guys have to be cool with this. Um, But yeah, like Taylor said, just being, being authentic. The other part of it too, um, maybe you're not super confident with it and that's okay. I think a lot of people are not confident with themselves in that moment um we would lie to you if we said that everything we posted we were just like yeah this is gonna rock like there's some things that we throw up there that just totally bomb and we're like should we say this like yeah we're just said it we hit send it's done we're too lazy to delete it um but also know that being authentic is um people can what i'm trying to say is people can sniff out bullshit so if if you know just putting it lightly um so if you're this also kind of ties into your sales. If you're not putting in an image that feels like you, that's authentic, someone's going to see straight through that facade and it doesn't work. And I promise you that there's someone out there who resonates with your weirdness. Um, so just be weird. It's cool. You're going to get someone who's willing to pay for your weird and it's going to be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What, um, in what ways has your, your really standout branding um, been advantageous to you? Um, I would, uh, off, off the bat, I would say, if I'm understanding the question right, I would say Instagram has been the most yeah. um, lucrative platform of um, branding opportunity we've done. It is free. And we find that when we first started, we had an Instagram first and we had Facebook. We've gotten so many um, inquiries customers wise from New Orleans and outside of New Orleans just because of Instagram. And I found that from us putting all of our energy into Instagram has kind of expanded our growth online tremendously. So off the bat, I would say Instagram has been the main one for us. Glad you. 
Awesome. On the side, I think on the flip, um, our aesthetic, if we're talking like visually, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of what you're looking at is visually pleasing. I think a lot of people go into dog training. Many people call us stressed out. I think that is the case for most people who are getting phone calls or, or inquiries about dog training is they're stressed out. And so I really like this image that we put where it's fun. It is, it is going to be fun um, once we get past the consultation. Um, but yes. um, <laughs> past consultation, it is going to be fun. Um, but I also find on the flip side, just the aesthetic itself without going into like deep psychology or anything like that. Um, we tend, our, our like brand tends to, uh, whatchamacallit, jump out at people mm-hmm. um, on flyers or business cards or um, anything like that. Like if they're, if they're browsing through a store and there's like a pile of business cards, you're probably going to notice ours first because well, ours isn't horizontal and it's way more colorful. So I think that's one way where our brand has really popped uh, towards others because we're using colors that aren't very traditional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's see. I, I know you guys have kind of launched uh, some online things given uh, COVID. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that process and on um, you know how it's been for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say uh, we are uh, we have re- we are very tired now, but we have uh, COVID has been a lot. But at the same time, we have learned so much about this being online. First thing we did was we created our live living room group classes. But before we did that, we did a lot of research about exactly what we wanted to do. And thank you again, Inez, for helping us out because we came to you first again. Uh, um, you. Seriously, you can take over. This is, uh, this is our favorite. Yeah. So uh, Taylor said the first thing we did was research. But let's be honest here, people. The first thing we did was rock ourselves back and forth and try not to cry because we're like, oh, my yeah. gosh, we're going to die. Um, but then once we got past that, you know, acceptance, denial, whatever the five stages are, if there's five, um, then we just got to work. And so we really did join uh, and actually a really big community kind of came together during when COVID hit and people just started bouncing ideas and, um, that was helpful. It really was. Um, I think a lot of our ideas kind of came organically, but it was nice to get them affirmed in a group. Um, it was also nice to know that we were not alone. We knew we weren't alone, but it's, better to do it together than apart. And just a reminder, um, it doesn't matter if you're in a group full of dog trainers, there are plenty of dogs. Um, so there's plenty of business for you and the next guy, you can help someone out and they can help you out. You guys will be fine. Um, but we really did a ton of research. You know, what does Zoom look like? Uh, we, we, we turned to YouTube. Just so everyone knows, we are um, the alumni of uh, YouTube University. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so there's a lot of YouTube involved, a lot of mm-hmm. tutorials, a lot of we like to also look up the troubleshooting though. We don't just jump in and not look up the mistakes that other people have made. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tend to do like, what are the drawbacks of Zoom? Um, I handle the, the vast majority of our financials, uh, which is super fun and not planned at all for my life. Um, but I do handle the vast majority of our financials. And so it was also tracking like, is, is, is what is the return on investment going to be? How are we going to price ourselves? And then once we really set up the plan, then as quickly as possible, I say we, we really tried to implement it. Um, I think the absolute best thing that we did, though, when testing a new service out is that Taylor and I, um, we've always kind of vowed to not really provide any mediocrity. And this was something that was very shotgun. And we were very afraid that this would not be perceived well. We already knew it was going to be kind of difficult to sell. 
Um, so we tested it out. Uh, we did beta testing. We just went on Facebook and we were like, hey, uh, free dog training online classes, totally free. Tell us we need a lot of feedback. And uh, being open to criticism was extremely important because we were trying to sell this and this was going to be literally our only means of income for several months. Mm -hmm. So it was really important that we let people um, tell us how they felt about it. And fortunately it really worked uh, for us. We did find the clients who were willing to stick with it. Um, we are talkers. So our, our classes may run a little longer than most, but I think that's the really cool thing about virtual training is, or just any virtual service is that it's going to be different with every trainer. So again, there's plenty of fish in the sea. Um, everybody's is going to be a little bit different. So that was kind of the, the game plan, you know, cry and then get to work. Uh, because if you just keep crying, you're going to be broke. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yes. Um, any, I guess, like, what tips would you share to the new dog trainer that's looking to make a big bang in their first year of business? Well, this is definitely a hard year to be first year in business <laughs> because everything is online. But honestly, since it is online, I what we did when we first started was we went to all kinds of networking events and we did our best to try to meet as many business coaches as possible um tax people uh marketing people just to learn from them and we learned a lot a lot from people in person but since we can't do things in person there are events virtual events online through facebook you can join that you should be a part of join these events talk to people get to know people add friends to your on um, facebook friends if you, if you have a facebook and really get to know from these people because you need to learn as much as possible in terms of business, marketing, tax, stuff like that mm -hmm. in your first year. And also just getting to know people and, and letting people know that you're a dog trainer. Because a lot of times when we met people, yeah, we learn from them, but they also learn from us. Oh, you're a dog trainer? Wow, okay, well, I have a friend who has a dog and 30 minutes later, you're talking about dogs and oh, I'm going to refer you now. And we still have friends from people we met in 2019. Oh yeah, it's you. You're, you're one of the smart bitches. Like, yes, I'm one of the smart bitches. And it just, it kind of like, just, it's like this um, community of people you're creating. So network, meet people, talk to people as much as you can. Um, add friends on Facebook, join groups. Um, I call myself the group queen. I'm part of 92 groups now. It's too many groups. But being a part of so many groups allows me to kind of like, okay, oh, let me add a, a P in here. Let me, oh, what is that? And I've met so many people on Facebook this year um, in 2020 because, oh, wow, okay, you're Taylor, this Geo, nice to meet you guys. And it's really easy to like make friends that way. So make friends, join groups, talk to people as much as you can. And when things are safe, hopefully in by 2024, you can go out and network, <laughs> network in person again. That was the biggest right. thing. Also, um, I, think, um, I think my tip uh, for any baby trainers out there um, is if you're, whether you're starting your own business or you're wanting to hop on um, with another organization, I think a really important thing to know is that, you know, if it is your business, you own your business. And if it is, mm -hmm. you're working for someone else, then you own your skill set. So whatever plug in, whatever word works for you. Um, it doesn't run you, it doesn't own you. So for small business owners, I think a lot of people, especially this year, got exceptionally overwhelmed. Us, ourselves. Yeah. Hell yeah. We got exceptionally overwhelmed. The whole world got exceptionally overwhelmed. Um, but you know, we put the work in and it was okay to take a break. So I will definitely say that right now, these, these last four months 
um, you might be noticing that our Instagram is a little bit calmer than usual, and it's it's because we're tired. <laughs> it's because it's we're tired, and that's the honest truth. And so, I think um, I think it's really important that that you know that you should know that you can take breaks. You can take breaks. They can look like whatever you want them to look like, and you shouldn't feel guilty about them. But if you have a guilt problem and you feel like you are guilty for not working hard enough or you are uh, spending too much on time on social media comparing yourself to others, then uh, set up a plan so that you can earn your breaks to yourself, right? So if you don't make yourself feel guilty because you didn't do anything, like tick a few boxes and then go watch a movie or whatever your breaks look like. Um, but I think that that's one tip that I wish I knew because when we started, you know, we really hit the ground running. That's the whole other term for it well um, even well real quick Gio, even when we were working for a different company we made the um geo and i have always made the, uh, our goal our business to take maybe a week or two off every eight weeks mm-hmm. um it's been a while since we did it because of covid we've um kind of we are due for another one by christmas but usually we take we call it a dead week we take seven days off where we are not doing anything we had one in july and we actually posted about it on our smart Biz page we're taking a break. See you guys in seven days. It includes our clients too. And they, our clients don't mind and people really, oh, wow, y'all are taking a break. Yes, taking a break because dog training is not an easy field to be in and owning your dog training business is very hard. So burnout is very, very easy. We are burnt out right now and it's not, it's not our fault, it's COVID. So we're taking a break soon and we, um, we cannot feel guilty about it because next year we have work to do in order for us to be on tip top shape next year, we need to rest now. So yes, we understand guilt, but guys, if you don't have, if you literally don't have the energy to work, then you won't be able to put out what you want to put out to attract the customers you need. So please take a break. I love that advice. Yeah. I'll be taking that advice as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, take a break. <laughs> we, we see your real work. Take a break, please. <laughs> awesome. Um, what is one tip you wish you had known when you were starting out? Man, one tip I wish I knew starting out. Um, Pat myself on the back because I feel like we did so good. You, you, you're <laughs> never... To be completely honest with you, um, you're never not working. Um, And you need to learn how to compartmentalize um, that um, and do whatever you need to do to relax. I'm I'm huge on relaxation lately. That's going to be a a common theme. Um, Just because when we did uh, start working, I will say as as a new business owner, uh, just starting out, or let's say it wasn't even business. Let's say we were just starting to learn because sometimes education can really flood your brain. And that's all you think about. Um, I literally, if I don't do downtime, um, if I don't schedule that in or if I don't cut myself off, I will literally dream about working. And then when I wake up, I've just been working for an extra 12 hours. So uh, that's like honest truth. I'm like, and then I'll have conversations with Taylor in the morning. Be like, did I tell you this or did I dream about it? Like, who knows? (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I really, I think that's one tip I think I wish we knew is like, hey, getting into this, um, it's going to be nonstop. I think we kind of knew it. Like, oh, we're going to own our own business. We're so cute. LOL, millennials. Woo. Um, and then it's like, holy crap, like this is some grown up stuff. But it's worth it. So don't let that scare you away. Um, you can't put a price on being your own boss, to be completely honest with you. Um, like, like even, even in our months that we're not really 
making the best um, money, you know, because every once in a while there's a month where it's just like, wow, this, well, <laughs> I'm going to eat cereal for breakfast and dinner and lunch. Um, but <laughs> you really can't but. put a price. It's not. It's really not that bad, <laughs> I promise. <Okay>. But, <laughs> um, but it, it, you really can't put a price on it, on the, on the freedom of it. I think that's really what you get. So it's worth it. Just know that you're going to be working all the time. Be okay with it. <laughs> I would say another tip. It's something that um, we were really good at, but I want to put this tip in because I feel like a lot of young trainers who have business do this, make this mistake, but do not spend extra on things you do not need. Um, we did not spend that much on anything. If, if I had to think about our expenses. Because we're broke. We, yeah, we were very broke when we started. <laughs> very, 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 <laughs> literally going into savings, credit cards. That's another story. That being said, uh, we did not spend that much on anything at all. Um, not much on shirts, no extra marketing materials. We use Vistaprint. We use free apps. We still to this day, we use primarily free apps, Google Voice. Um, we do not believe in spending too much on things that we are not sure about the turnaround. So same thing for new trainers. Try your best to save as much as possible. Do not spend too much unless you know it's going to give you a good turnout, point blank period, okay? If anything, the, the most we spent when our, our first month was our website, our um, accounting uh, our account software, which is something that we changed recently. And that's it pretty much. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. And My other tip is day, save for taxes. Save, save for, for taxes. taxes. Don't yes, forget about taxes. Save. A year save. can be a long time, and then you're like, crap, taxes. So yeah, save for taxes. Right. <laughs> yes, save taxes. Awesome, awesome. Um, and yeah, quick tip for anybody that's listening. I like following the profit first system. Uh, so if you have not heard of that, definitely give it uh, Google and uh, check it out. So it's it's a really simple setup for accounting and uh knowing how much to save for what <laughs> yes yep awesome so um what are some other common mistakes that you see uh if you can think of any off the top of your head not enough social media use mm, yeah i'm obsessed with social media I, yeah. told, I told you guys i love i love getting behind instagram i think instagram facebook are so interesting yeah like this trying to beat the system and failing and then trying to get it winning sometimes i think i think it's like a gambling almost anyway that's what that's a, it's a different thing i love it uh, <laughs> so uh, honestly i think a lot of um people are very shy to post on um on social media mm -hmm. um, one thing about us is from even from our old company we were always videotaping what we were doing we didn't realize how powerful those recordings could have been back then and we would send we would take a video of us training a dog and then send it to a parent directly and nowadays we have video put it on YouTube and people really appreciate seeing that and getting really good about making um, videos like one minute long post on social media and mm -hmm. posting posting what you're doing constantly has really opened people up to how we train dogs. It made people, it made dog owners who don't really understand dog training understand, oh, that makes sense. I did this to my dog. I can do this. Yes, you can do it. So basically, none of that social media use is a common mistake I see. I'm not saying you should be on social media every single day. You don't have to post every day. You can post maybe once or twice a week. It doesn't matter. But do post and share what you're doing so people can see what you're doing. If, if, if you don't, if you're not um, in this digital world, if you're not out there, then you won't be first in people's thoughts. It's that simple. And we're all online now. So it's kind of like you kind of have to put something out there. So go ahead and record yourself. Don't be shy. As we always say, don't be shy. Record yourself. Post that video. Just post it. 
people will love it. <laughs> and yeah. if they don't, do it again. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I think another mistake, uh, kind of bouncing off of the social media one, is um, stop trying to be perfect. <laughs> um, don't compare your posts to other people. Um, if you're just starting out and you don't really know how to use Canva or you don't know how to use video editing software, then don't. Like, just post a raw video because yeah. someone's going to find value in that. Um, and if you don't believe it, spend a little bit of time on TikTok or spend a little bit of time on YouTube and you'll be surprised, you know, what, uh, video bloggers, sometimes they're just the most raw crap. And you're like, why did 7 million people watch this? It was because it was good content that no one actually cares about if it was HDMI or if the audio was great. Um, now if you have the time and, and you want to invest that extra time in putting the little pizzazz and sparkle on it, then by all means do it. Um, but don't not do it because you don't know how to do it. But if you do want to do it, uh, learn, you know, don't tell your, mm -hmm. don't pick up your phone and be like, I can never do this or look at something and be like, I can never do this. Cause I'm telling you, you can, like, it's actually super easy. It, I'm not going to tell you it's not time consuming, but it is actually pretty easy. So, um, you can do it. it, it my grandma can do it y'all. Like literally anyone can do it. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yes, seriously. Awesome. And then uh, my last question for you guys is, if there was one thing you could change or improve about the dog training industry, what would that be? Um, I would say um, in our industry, I think one, people really love how we tend to make things easier for um, common dog owners to understand. You know, you you rarely see us use super sciencey terms. We understand everything, of course. We are very qualified, but we like to make dog training as accessible as possible and make sure anybody can understand it. And sometimes when we, when you focus too much on using really like sciencey, all that jargon, it doesn't. I feel like you're kind of losing out on the actual the base that you should be appealing to, which is common dog owners. Mm -hmm. If I hit my friends list on Facebook with everything I learned as a trainer over the past six to five years, then it's like, okay, well, she seems kind of boring. <laughs> so I like to make sure that I make it as easy for everyone to understand. And I wish everyone else the same thing too. Yeah. And I think on the flip side though, um, I love that. Like, yeah, definitely don't bore people with your science speak. Um, however, as a new business owner, or maybe you've just been owning rock in your business and your sales are not so great right now. Um, I also want to say, don't assume uh, that your clients can't handle or don't want that information. Mm -hmm. um, so you kind of have to ride a fine line as to how to deliver the information um, and, and then keep going. And the reason I'm yep. saying this is um, I, myself, the, the number one thing I want to see in improving in our industry is more trainers like ourselves, like-minded trainers, force-free trainers, um, who are pushing a little bit more of a, um, a positive note. Um, and for trainers who are like us, um, you will always be up against um, someone else, some competitor. And so it's really important that you figure out a way to deliver um, your message mm -hmm. and make it sound just as important as theirs. So don't assume that your client can't handle it. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's also a big assumption in our industry is that we're like, okay, well don't use any science terms. So mm -hmm. find a way to deliver that information and do it and push, push your message, push whatever you stand for mm -hmm. and make your client believe that what you are teaching them is the, is one of the most important things that they could be learning. And I mm -hmm. think that's, 
um, that's something that we really do for our clients is that we're constantly teaching them, hey, this is, this is how, this is why, this is why it's fun, this is how it will literally benefit you. Um, here's the science behind it. I won't bore you too much, but just so you are aware. Um, and then you will find that people will really value that and they'll come back. We've got a lot of repeat clients. Um, that is the best thing to know is that it's far easier to continue to sell training to one person than it is to attract numerous. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can educate the hell out of your client and make it so that they like it and they want more, um, then you're doing a really, really good job. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. I think those were all just amazing, amazing tips for uh, new trainers and existing trainers alike, I think, um, and will help push the industry forward, I hope. Um, so thank you guys so much for joining me today. And I hope that uh, we'll continue to see you around in the Facebook group. Um, yes, of course. Yeah, we're never leaving. You're stuck yes. with us. Yes, <laughs> I can handle yes. it. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you again for listening to the Modern Dog Trainer podcast. If you're listening to this podcast in December of 2020, I have good news. The Modern Dog Trainer Academy is now enrolling. This is a 12-week program with live coaching. This program will guide you through the best practices for a modern-day dog business that suits your ideal lifestyle, income goals, and impact level. This is ideal for professional dog trainers that are making $1,000 or more from your dog training business currently, but want to make six figures if you're interested in joining us, go to moderndogbusiness.com forward slash academy. We'd love to have you.